Sandy Wexler can manage a lot of things, but he couldn't manage to stop Jack and Josh from heading into the week of. This is Truly Happily Madison. Um, hit the theme. Oh, hello there. Oh, hello. <laughs> oh, hello. <laughs> oh, hello. Oh, hello. Oh, hello. Yeah, <laughs> I considered doing a voice like what you were doing, and then I chickened out after the first word. <laughs> so that's where I'm at today. <laughs> oh, God. Um, How are you doing, Jack Gregson? I'm all right. I'm all right. How are you doing, Josh Paffenheim? I'm good. I'm worried my teeth are all going to fall out, but ah. they're probably not, so it's fine. <laughs> What a worry. <laughs> it's just wall-to-wall worry at the moment. It's fine, it's fine, it's good, it's fine. Listeners might uh, be confused, because usually when this show starts, it starts with me asking you, how are you, Yeah, Josh Pappenheim, and you responding and forgetting to say my full name. <laughs> but the reason we've not done that this week... <laughs> is there a reason? Yeah, there is. The reason we've not done that this week, dear listeners, is because me and Josh actually saw each other in person yesterday. Oh shit, that's true, yeah. Ah, well you haven't seen each other in person for a long time. For nearly a year. Nearly, nearly a year. Nearly a year. Yeah, just before I moved in here, so what, that was like September? Maybe? It was a time... Wait, Fuck. so when are you saying? Are you not counting the time we ran into each other on the street? Oh, I am. That would have been after we started the podcast, so that wouldn't have been a year. Oh, yeah. Fine. Fine. Ignore me. I oh, yeah, no, also, it would have been. You'd also have moved at that point. Yeah, that's so, also uh, true. I don't know why else I would have been in central London <laughs> if I didn't live. It was, uh, uh, dear listeners um, that don't know, I ran into Josh one day and I was distracted <laughs> by because I saw a, a, a living bin. Yeah. And then you got distracted by something else because you realised that I was the living bin. No, you weren't the living bin. I am most days. No, this was like a robotic <laughs> bin. Oh, Robo bin. Ro- Paul Rob- Verhoeven. Robin. Ru- Rubin. <laughs> Rubin. Fuck. Cousin of Roomba. Yeah, Roomba. Cu- did I say Roomba? Cousin of Roomba. <laughs> I Roomba, I Roombin. I literally Roomba just got off a Zoom Roomba. call where I ended it with um, uh, Spork Soon. That was very good. I didn't mean to. Oh. Just a... getting the spirit yeah. of Miss Dr. Spooner, or whatever his name is. Reverend? Reverend Who's... Spooner. Who are you talking about? The Reverend Spooner. Who's Reverend Spooner? Reverend Spooner is the real-life guy that Spoonerisms are based off of. Oh. It's a real guy who used to do the Spoonerisms. Interesting. Yeah, it's a real boy. Truly happy Spooner. (laughs) (laughs) I told you yesterday that me and my friend Sam like to send each other Spoonerisms. I I do remember that, yes. Yeah. Claude Spooner. It's very good. Um, Oh... Oh, Josh, we're back. And do you know we what? are. <laughs> Why are we back? Oh yeah, we've been off. 
we've we're, we have been off a week off. Everybody missed us. <gasps> a but week off, we... but drop an F. What'd you get? The week off. The week off. <laughs> because each week, apart yeah. from last, your hosts <laughs> Jack Gregson and Josh Pappenheim discuss the entire filmography of Happy Madison Productions from 1999 to current day. Yay! And yes, a, a week of my a week off minus an F is a week of. <laughs> it's good. It's genius. In brackets, 2018. Okay, cool. Um, yeah, we're talking, <laughs> we're talking the the fourth of the Netflix movies. Yes. Um, uh, of Happy Madison, the week of. Mm. Uh, and to kick it off. Mm. Why, Josh, do you have a IMDb plot synopsis? I do. Well, I don't. I have a plot summary. Okay. Um, oh, here we go. Two fathers with opposing personalities come together to celebrate the wedding of their children. They are forced to spend the longest week of their lives together, and the big day cannot come soon enough. It doesn't even have a written by. That's just it. I guess. I guess that's it's, it. It's sort of it, isn't it? <laughs> it's sort of it. Not really, but yeah, it'll do. Um, mm. Before I get to sads, I'm just going to say I'm really excited to talk about this movie. <laughs> Me too. Do you want some stats? I would love some. Uh, this is directed by Robert Smigel. Um, um, have we had him before? The name. So this is the first time he's ever directed. Oh, um, is he a writer? He is, he's a writer. Yeah, he's sort of like a Saturday Night Live comedy legend type guy. Right. Okay. Um, he's written on a lot of these. Um, I think his biggest credit was on. Uh, I think him and Judd Apatow were like the main writing forces behind "You Don't Mess with the Zohan." Mm. Good. But um. I think we talked about him because he's also uh, Triumph, the comic insult dog, um, which you had to look up before, and then you were like, oh yeah, I remember who this is. Yes. <laughs> um, instantly forgotten. but <laughs> Instantly forgotten again, but, you know, whatevs. Uh... But so this is, this is kind of like, it's interesting that Rob Smigel directs this, because, yeah, he is someone who I feel like in another life could have been a Judd Apatow type. Mm-hmm. Got you. Someone who starts in the sort of like comedy trenches and moves their way up. Mm. He looks too much like Salman Rushdie, though. <laughs> he does. I think that's the problem. Did you notice him in the movie? Mm, no. He pops up in a lot of these movies. Where is he? He's the doctor. Oh. Um, yes, who's yes, operating yes. on the great uncle? Not yes, operating, yes, yes, yes. but I see. I see. He's also in the do-over as a doctor. Shared universe. Shared universe, here we go. Uh, he's in Pixels as a uh, guy. White House reporter, yeah, number two. He's, he's the White House reporter in Pixels, who everybody <laughs>, laughs at. Number two. I like Robert Smigel. I think he can be very funny. We'll mm. talk more about him in this episode, as I have a lot to say. Uh, this one stars Adam Sandler. Chris Rock. Woo! Rachel Dratch. Woo! Steve Buscemi. Woo! And Alison Strong. Woo! You got all woos this week. Yeah. That yeah. gives you a taste of what's to come. <laughs> this is released on the 27th of April 
2018, a year after Sandy Wexler. Oof. It's, it's, it's interesting it's been a whole year since. but uh... It takes a long time to make art, though, doesn't it, Jack? It does. It does. Um, so I don't know why is... it took that long for this, but we'll find out. <laughs> this is the first film we've had that I could not find a budget for. Oh, really? Yeah. That's interesting. It's a shame because it's actually one I'd really like to know the budget for. Outside of the two lead names, mm. I could imagine this is quite a low budget. I was going to say, I'm I'm thinking like in the 10 to 20 mil region. It feels like you could probably do this on the same budget they did Rain Over Me for. Yeah. What was that again? That was quite low. That was four. like... Did you look that up? No, <laughs> I don't remember. Um, I don't uh, know. Um, right over me, budget. 20, 20 mil. I think you probably even do it for less than that. But 20 mil, you you know, if you're paying Sandler and you're paying Rock, it feels on the small side. Netflix movies, as we've seen so far, have been cheaper than the um, the other movies. The, 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 the cinematic the cinema movies. Ones. Yeah. Um, and of course, there is no box office because this is a Netflix movie. But in cinemas, you could have seen mm. at number one at the box office that weekend, A Quiet Place. Ooh. In its opening weekend. Uh, number two, you had Ready Player One in its second weekend. Ugh. You love Ready Player One. Fuck off. IP movies. We love it. We love it. We also love. What's his name? Steven oh, Spielberg. No, Mumble Man. Oh, Mumble, you, Mumble. Uh, you hate Mark Rylance. Mark as well. Rylance. That's very strange. Someone, <laughs> someone brought it up to me that it was strange that you hate <laughs> Mark Rylance. He's just pathetic. Anyway. Number three, uh, a f- personal favourite of mine uh, in its opening weekend, Blockers. I do really like Blockers. Isn't it good? It's so Isn't good. Blockers it's overlooked. Good? It's overlooked. It People always talk, I think, about Game Night being like the, the best comedy of the past few years but i say throw blockers up there too game night yeah which one's that one that's the one with jason bateman and rachel mcadams uh it's fun i always say it's book smart book smart's the big one i think they mean by like like studio comedies oh okay out and out big boy comedies yeah it's blockers man blockers is really good blockers um solid Uh, solid block uh, number four in its eighth week, Black Panther. Ooh, it did so well. It did Good do movie, it pretty well. Good movie. And then uh, number four to see more Michael B. Jordan. Exactly. Any excuse to see Chadwick again. Yeah. Uh, number five, Acrimony, in its second week. I don't know uh, what that is. Yeah, I don't know what that is. What is that? Acrimony, Acrimony film. I have a feeling that. Tyler Perry. Okay, yeah. yeah. I was going to say, I have a feeling that perhaps it wasn't marketed to white boys like us. I would say no. Good for Tyler Perry, though. Yeah. Good for Taraji. Yeah. Interestingly, this has a Rotten Tomato score of 27%. Ooh. The exact same amount as Sandy Wexler. Mmm. You higher or lower? I'm higher. Josh? Yeah. I'm higher. You're high. Right. Let's play a fun game. How high. Well, mm, if I said to you 50, 
see i wouldn't go 60 <laughs> no but f- somewhere in the 50 range mm. uh, yeah because and we're just going to start talking about the film now yeah obviously when this started i was like oh shit is this great <laughs> how soon in were you like is this great about like 10 minutes in 10 minutes what had happened at that point i don't know but i just liked how it was shot <laughs> oh what it's like shaky cam yeah, slightly desaturated this is, <laughs> this is like the first time in a long time that one of these movies has looked like a real movie it does look like a real movie not just that it looks like a sundance movie yeah it doesn't feel like any of the movies we've covered for ages like probably since like funny people or rain over me i was gonna say i think funny people is the obvious comparison with this film yeah but i mean it's not though not not like thematically but like vibe yeah vibe i guess and that's that's where i sort of come off on like robert smigel could be a judd apatow type Mm -hmm. yeah this film from what i can tell is like the least watched of the Happy Madison Netflix movies. I would imagine so, yeah. When we talked about this with um Phil and Kenny from podcast like it's nineteen ninety nine, mm. they were like, How do we not know that there's a Netflix Alexander <laughs> Chris Rock movie directed by Robert Smigel? Yeah, so How have we not that was the only one they hadn't heard of. <laughs> do you remember there being a lot of publicity around this one? I mean like I remember the trailer coming out, and I remember thinking the trailer looked good. Mm. But I also remember thinking that the trailer for The Do-Over looked good, as we talked about in our episode on The Do-Over. And then when the reviews for this came out, and were pretty stinky. Stinky Mm. doo-doo. Yeah. um, I was sort of like, oh, well, I'm just not going to bother. I kind of don't remember there being a big push around this one. Like, I remember the trailer, but I remember... It felt like the do-over trailer went further, and it felt like the Ridiculous Six trailer went further. Do you think they killed it with Sandy Wexler? Yeah. Because technically, the, the Netflix deal was supposed to only be for four films. Oh, so this would have been the last this one. This would have been the last one, except they extended it. Hmm. Interesting. What we, is it now? The... Is it just ongoing? I think it's just ongoing. Fuck Yeah. But we talked about this while we met up briefly yesterday. We tried a lot to not talk about the film. But Mm. we both said it's easily the best of the Netflix movies. Absolutely, it's the best one so far. (laughs) Do you think it will be bettered? Yes, (laughs) I do. Because I know it's going to be bettered. By what? Wait, it depends what you mean by best. Are we we including 100% fresh as a film? No. Oh, you think you're including Hubie? I'm including Hubie. Cause, Interesting. Like, I, cause, I, yeah. I feel like I need to rewatch Hubie. I mean, I like Hubie a lot, but I'm just, I'm at the point where I watch this and I'm just like, oh man, this is, again, probably because we've watched so many of these. I was like, this is so different. This is so fresh. Yeah. <laughs> this is, um. That's true. Hubie. What Hubie I is, like... <sighs> Hubie's good. Hubie is good. Like, don't, I'm not taking it away from Hubie. I'll have to wait till I rewatch it. Mm. But. In my mind at the moment, I think this might be better than Hubie. But this to say that this is the best, this film is not without its problems. Oh no, no, big time. Big time. But they're not big boys. But they're not the same type of problems that we usually run into on these films. Mm. 
what would you say the usual problems are that we run into um i didn't find it incredibly offensive no there's a couple of bits there are a couple of bits but it's not it doesn't feel as misguided in its sort of offensiveness it's not like hateful or not it doesn't feel hateful i couldn't count how many times i laughed in this movie but i did laugh a lot oh really yeah. You couldn't count. It was that it was that quick it was fire. That, it was that I've written down a lot of times that I laughed. And Jesus. one of them is probably a scene that could be considered offensive. Um <laughs> right. but the scene where Soundler invites the random black guys in for breakfast mm. I mm. thought was very funny. Mm. <laughs> because it is offensive, but it know like it knows that it's not the right thing to do. It is just this dumb white guy <laughs> just being shit. Yeah, I guess that's a difficult one. Because I, I was like, oh. But then, yeah, I guess the joke is on him. But The joke is on him. The way that everybody looks at him. Yeah. Is... <laughs> but I also like the joke that they just stay for breakfast yeah. anyway. <laughs> and then come back later. <laughs> it's a really... And this the is rest a... of Chris Rock's family is like, just go with it. Just go with it. Yeah, I like that. That's pretty... Yeah, that is nice. It, it's... it's, Yeah... <laughs> I have a lot that I laughed at in this one, but at the same time, the the things that it comes up against for me so mm. much is it is far too long. Absolutely, absolutely too long. Far too long and far too meandering in its length. It's yeah. it's not it's not like for me where I'm like okay, I like funny people even though mm. it is long because it's it seems to have a drive through all its length. For yeah, because it's two films. <laughs> it's yeah. two films stapled if together. Say, if you say so. Um, uh, but this one is sort of, I think, in the last half hour, I completely, I completely got lost. Oh, really? Like, yeah. I, I, um, I just, it lost my attention and, um, and I, I just couldn't stick with it. And I also think it does a lot of character stuff in that last 30 minutes mm. that isn't particularly well seeded throughout the film isn't earned i it think it isn't that's, really earned i think that's my major problem with the film apart i'm going to disagree because i think it lost me in like a there was like a middle half hour where i was just like uh i think for the middle half hour i still laughed a lot though mm. i know what you mean but like there's the baseball scene which is sort of completely yeah. irrelevant. It's got yeah, but it does have. But a big it, laugh. Has, it has <laughs> some big laughs, and then, the and it's sort of where the the running joke that Uncle Seymour is a World War Two. That was so good. <laughs> like I didn't like. I didn't. I think there was only one time that I laughed at it, but it was. It's a great a plot point. Joke. It was such a good running joke. Good satire. A bit of satire there. That was exciting. Shall we start from the top? Um, yeah. So this is this is a this is a wedding comedy. Yeah. Which is like a sort of proven genre. Very yeah. good wedding comedies. Wedding singer. The wedding singer, yes. Um, wedding crashes. Wedding crashes. My big fat Greek wedding. Uh, Dave, um, Mike, and Mike. And Dave need wedding. Is dates. that what it's called? Mike and Dave yeah. need wedding yeah. dates. Yeah. Um, my best friend's uh, wedding. Best we can we can wedding. list all these films with wedding in the title. Mamma Mia. <laughs> oh, Mamma Mia is a good one. Two. Mamma Mia two. 
yes, is a wedding movie. I'd say it's less of a wedding movie than mm. Mamma Mia 1. I haven't um, seen either of them. Oh, Maybe Mama I should. Mamma Mia 2 is oh, good, man. Mamma Mia. <laughs> I haven't seen Mamma Mia. But let's let's start off... Um, so it's a wedding comedy, and... So Adam Sandler's daughter and Chris Rock's son are getting married. Adam yeah. Sandler plays Kenny, Chris Rock plays Kirby. And I think we should just start on, on Kenny, Kenny Lustig. Yeah. Because, again, I don't think this is a character we've really seen Sandler play before no, in I these think, movies. I think it's a character that we've seen Sandler try and play before. And that is the, like, universally loved schmuck. So... It's the one time, though, I kind of get the universally Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, this is what I mean. This is what I mean. I think he's tried going for it in so many other films where he is, like, like I'm thinking, like, kind of, like, anger management, maybe. Or, well, maybe yeah. that's wrong. But, you know. He's not really universally loved in anger management. People kind of hate him in But he's, one. like, but, all right, but he's meant to be, like, well-meaning or whatever. And his he's, he's kind of he's, he's kind of just a loser in that one. That's true. Because, like, his boss is really shit to him, and, like, um, yeah. I know what you mean, like... Think of? Maybe even Sandy Wexler, just because of the... Well, not really, because that's just at the end. He's so much better him. in this than he's in Sandy Wexler. Yeah, no, I know. But, I mean, like, what I'm saying is, how many films How many films have we got through where it's, like, at the beginning, Sandler is positioned as a person that everyone loves, but the only way that you get to know that is he acts normal, but everyone says how much people love him to him. Do you know what I mean? I like, mean, we've talked about that before, but I can't remember. I can't It's unlock. kind of That's My Boy. Yeah, um, yeah. Because uh, he's not... Have we watched? He's not really um, a nice guy in that one, but... No. He's, oh. it's, he's not, it's not... It's <laughs> not... I, I kind of like him in that movie. Um, I mean... It's everyone loves him in Grown Ups, but yeah, ups, there's that, but, there's that. But he's not. He's. I don't think he's playing likable in that movie. Maybe he is. Maybe, um, uh, maybe just go with it. That could be one. Yeah, maybe Fifty First Dates is actually Fifty First Dates. Good one. Yeah, with um, the whole um, montage at the every beginning. Every woman in the world loves him. Yeah. Uh, I now pronounce you Chuck and Larry. Yeah. Another Mr. One. Deeds, kind of. Yeah, well, yeah, all all these kinds of ones. Mr. Where he's Deeds meant to be... is kind of like a similar character to uh, uh, Kenny in this. Yeah, sort of. Just like anything where we, the audience, are told that he's loved and lovable, mm. but we're never really shown why, or they show us in scenes that do not lead us to believe that he's lovable, but we are just told that he's lovable. But he is lovable. He in is lovable like, in this. He's, he's so nice and he's so genuine in this. Uh, it's, yeah, it's true. It's he. It, it, oddly enough, it's possibly like his most likable character in all of these movies. Absolutely. I'm gonna say <laughs> another thing. Yeah. I think this is the most overtly Jewish film that we've seen. Yeah. Oh yeah, hundred percent. Like, I know we've got You Don't Mess With The Zohan, which is, like, Israeli. Eight Crazy or... Nights, which is Eight Hanukkah, nights, but yeah. it's more Christmas than Hanukkah. It's more Christmas. Or, like, funny people again, like, Judaism is sort of threw it a little bit, but not much. But, like, this... Well, like, he's... Funny people, he's kind of playing himself in the sense yeah. that it's, like, he's a Jew who uses that, but it's not to, like... 
the extent. I think no. this probably comes a lot from like Smigel's involvement. Yeah, um, yeah. But like, just like everything about it is so what. Like I know, like the whole us, the whole the whole family unit in this is the family. The family I, is the main thing I want to hit on. You you know what it is as well. Mm. It's just that like he's not successful in this, mm. but he's still happy. He's mm. successful in the family. He's successful yeah, in yeah, friends, yeah, yeah. and that's something we've not seen from him. These films have been so sort of materialistic, mm. and you know he's had these huge houses, and and like this is the first time he's really played like an an average guy, a real average guy. Yeah, yeah. and <laughs> he's really good. At, it's almost like he's he's quite close to him in um, Uncut Gems at certain points. Fuck, because... that's so true. Yes, yeah. No, I did have that down. I was like. <laughs> This film reminds me of like yeah, Uncut Gems or um, Shiver Baby. Yeah, or, oh, I thought I thought of Shiver Baby so much. For yeah, this movie. the whole way through, I was just like, oh, if you just turn up the tension, like a li- if you throw in a slightly different plot point, it's the same film. And you know what? It could have used it. It could have used a little more tension. Yeah, the weird tension, the weirdest tension. Do you remember there's a scene in this movie where they go put a load of bats in a bag? Yeah, it's so weird. <laughs> it's good stuff. Oh my god, like, this is a weird film. It's weird. I logged onto my letterbox and I saw someone gave this like a half star and was like, this is one of the worst things Adam Sandler's ever done. Absolutely fucking not. Oh, honestly, it has some issues, and I wouldn't say it's a masterpiece, but the more I talk about it, the more I do like it. Yeah, the yeah, more I totally. think it's interesting. It does have things. It, it has, has things. things. It has things and it has themes. Yeah. And it 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 doesn't all come together, but that, no. it's, it's so much better than just being a middle-of-the-road vacation movie yeah vacation or like vague frat boy comedy that doesn't really work it's it's you know he's playing his age really well in this yeah like he 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 looks right he looks like he's in the right place i i want to see more of this type of character yeah it's true and you know like the other thing right is this the most like appropriate marriage pair Oh my god, how great is Rachel Dratch? In She's this incredible! Movie? <laughs> She's incredible, but like, unlike so many other films that we've watched, some of the films where, you know, he has a love interest or he is married, this is yeah. the first time I'm like, I get it. Like, I get it's, this relationship. Yeah. This is, like, the only time he seems comfortable playing someone who could exist. Yeah, <laughs> God, that's so true. <laughs> and I do wonder if it's because he's worked with Robert Smigel so much that he trusts him. Yeah. So yeah. um, you know, he knows this guy is a sort of comic genius and is able to put himself one when he gets people in like Steve Brill and stuff, he's like, Okay, it's still the Adam Sandler show, but maybe this one is a bit more the Robert Smigel show. Yeah, I get you. I get you. I loved most of the scenes where it was just Sandler and Rachel Dratch shouting at each other. I did I did enjoy those. <laughs> they were fun. Didn't laugh, but did enjoy. I don't think I laughed at them, but I did I they were just like it again I can't, there's a lot of this I just liked being in this world. Yeah, I will say same. But like I'm gonna say it's not it's not a high laugh film for me, four laughs, but 
I was. Apart from the period for of about half an hour somewhere in the middle that I was like bored out of my mind checking my phone. There I was smiling. I was having a good time. Well, how did you feel about the the constant renovations at the hotel? <laughs> I mean, it's good. It's, it's good, good stuff. The the guy playing the sort of general manager who just stands there and laughs at yeah. everything <laughs> is really name. He's great. What's his name? Um, I don't know if I could tell you off the top of my head. No, I'm trying to remember because it was he was really good. He was really good. It was really funny, and I loved that it was just like, that's the other thing, that's the other thing that I love about this film, and that plot point, or I say love about this film, but what I liked about that is it's it's a cause and effect thing that just keeps snowballing out, like, again, yeah. it's like a real Uncut Gems thing, like, he wants to, he wants to, he wants to do up one of the hotel rooms so that it's nice enough for Chris Rock, who is a big, rich boy, heart surgeon, doctor, doctor yeah. man, he wants to do up the room, so he's like, oh, we could put a chandelier in here, get some art in here, do something. And then that causes it to start leaking into another room, which causes that room to start leaking. led to a joke that I thought was quite subtle, but also very funny, in that yes. um, the one where uh, Sandra's looking at the room and he's like, oh, you know, we should put a sign up that says, Governor Suite, or... Thomas Jefferson Suite. Oh, yeah. When Chris Rock gets to the room, it says Governor Thomas Jefferson Suite. <laughs> oh, fuck, I didn't see that. <laughs> I saw that. That's so like, good. That so funny. And Rock just looks at it really confused. <laughs> fuck, that's a good um, joke. You know what? I'm going to add joke. I'm gonna add a 0.5 laugh, because if I'd seen that, I would have laughed. <laughs> I saw that, and I was just... Because it, it works so well, you get that... I mean... I also really laughed at, because he gets this chandelier hung in in the room, yeah, and it's this huge chandelier, and I loved it. Like, of course, it doesn't turn off when Rock turns the lights off, and he goes to turn off, and the way it just hits him in the head, it's it, nice. It, it's good. It's there's there's some nice physical stuff in this movie as well. And there's lots of like really good little characters in the movie. Example, um, I like the Noah stuff. Oh, I don't like the Noah stuff. Oh, you don't like the Noah stuff? Don't I like thought the Noah, the Noah stuff. stuff was very funny. I like the... I like... It's one of those things, like, I like the family reactions around it. Like, what I like more about that is the, um... Is the parents' reactions. I like Jackie Sandler, and I like, yeah. um... Well, that's kind of what I mean. I like, I, I like, I liked just the... Jackie Sandler is surprisingly good in this as well. Yeah, and is um, this... I know we say this every week now, but is this her biggest role? I feel like it's a tie between this and uh, and the do-over. Um, this feels big. Not, not the do-over, Sandy Wexler. Yeah, true, um, true, true. Like, her and Sandy Wexler, she is, like, a supporting role in that as well. Yeah. Um, but, I don't know, I the the, the joke of um, the tr- one of his triggers being music... <laughs> And some of them being like, "Is that going to be okay?" He's like, "We're having a wedding." Yeah, we're having a wedding, or like and in the in the bouncy in the castle strip club. strip club. Yeah, I thought the scene where they were all dancing to no music was really funny. Got a laugh from me, I think. So that's the kind of stuff I meant from like the Noah. So like the character himself isn't very funny in itself, but the the jokes that they can build on and they can keep coming back to like these triggers that's yeah it's basically everything i suppose that's what i liked about yeah i didn't like 
I didn't like that they had to do that for it. You know, you could have had all kinds of other things for a kid to be like sensitive yeah. to, like maybe it's some sort of eating, like not eating thing, but like a fussy eating thing more than, you know, more than like an eating disorder. I, 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 I just I, um, going straight to like he's an I, alcoholic I, depressive is, <laughs> but you know, yeah, but. I mean, again, like, I kind of think it works in the sense that it is this sort of family coming together comedy, and it is these sort of things that do happen in these situations. Yeah, true, and I get it. That's the other thing, I guess the jokes, are again, aren't really about Noah. It's more just like everything, it's also just all the ways they have to sort of accommodate this stuff and that's the kind of the joke of the whole film is just how accommodating adam sandler can be in this yeah, movie true. to everybody like i i thought the uh the grandma and the aunt were very funny there's the scene yeah. where um where the the bride and groom are talking in front of the family and the grandma is just sort of repeating everything that's going on. And she's just yeah, like, yeah, yeah. oh, she doesn't want him to leave. Now she wants to know when he's coming back. And then they leave the room and you just hear the grandma go, now they want privacy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's so good. And I liked, um, well, there are other little characters, like the uh, the magician at the wedding. Magician, good. He's good, like... Big laugh. All, all, all through his voice is just conveyed, like, humour. Like, he's, again, just a character who I was happy to see. This is one of, like, the strongest supporting casts I think we've had for any of these movies. It's big time. And, you know, not not many big names. Not many big names. Many I think mean, very names. much, like, cribbing from... uh, Just, like... I would guess, like, local, like, maybe L.A. talent or New York talent. Mm. Like, um, lots of people who just, like, are sort of character actors. Yeah, definitely seem like it. Do you know who might be the weakest among them all? Mm, go on. Steve Buscemi. <sighs> yeah. I mean, Not that he's exactly bad, but I just don't think he fits in as well. I feel like he's almost playing it like it's a regular Adam Sandler comedy. Yeah, that's a that's a good point. Because, yeah, I, as we said before, every time Steve Buscemi shows up, it is always a joy. It is always a joy. And this time, I wasn't as stoked to see him every time. You know? Like, in comparison to other films. And I think that all that does is speak to the strength and depth of the rest of the cast where yeah. like Steve Buscemi isn't the shining light. Like he's still like, good. He's still good, but he's just not he's not like a diamond he's not like a diamond round like shit. There's the bit at the end where he kisses the maid of honor. And yeah. again, that just feels like it's a sort of joke that could have come from grown ups, could have come from That's My Boy. Could yeah, come so many. That's my boy. It's another story. wedding comedy. Oh shit! It's true. <laughs> um, this is like. I think this film is so interesting, and the mm. fact that it's just, it doesn't completely work almost makes it more interesting. That's it, true. It, Smigel hasn't directed another movie since. I really want him to now. Yeah, I'd like to see what a good, like an actually good version of this is. I think, like, oh, I just, just remember that there is stuff of Buscemi that I do quite like in this movie, and it is just his uh, his giant snacks. Oh, yeah. 
It's him sitting in the free. back seat of the car eating a giant Toblerone. <laughs> it's always good. It's a good just it's a good gag. And it's like I say giant Toblerone, people think I know what I mean. You got no idea. Is this the year of the Netflix giant Toblerone? Was there another one? Yeah, what what's that show called? Neo Yokio. There was a whole thing there's a whole thing in the Netflix anime Neo Yokio. Yeah, September twenty seventeen. So it's so like, this is 2018. Yeah, so I mean, within a one-year period. Well, within a one-year period. Within yes. a six-month period. When did doesn't does Chris Hemsworth kill someone with a Toblerone in that movie? Uh, <laughs> what? Uh, what's that one called? Um, what's that movie that he's in for Netflix? Um, what is that called? Fuck. No. Yeah, I know exactly the one you're talking about. But they're what making is a it sequel. Called? What is extraction? it? Extraction? Extraction? Yeah, extraction. Extraction? Yeah, does he kill someone with a Toblerone in that movie? Maybe. Impossible I, to I, tell. I went, I, I've just looked up the Letterboxd review I saw earlier. And. Yeah, it's, it's interesting. It starts as fucking garbage. Perhaps if this movie. If, perhaps if this mostly laughless movie were 90 minutes long. It wouldn't feel so offensively bloated out mm. at a uh, hundred and sixteen minutes in length. Christ, mm. Chris Rock doesn't show up for ages. The gags are all low effort. Mm. There's product placement everywhere, mm. and it's painfully bland throughout. Exactly what you probably expect. I do. This isn't what I expect from an Adam Sandler comedy. At I this don't point. think the gags are low effort. I actually think they're all pretty well thought through. Mm. Um, should we talk about Chris Rock for a bit? Yeah. Because I almost think that he's playing the usual Sandler character in this. Again, absolutely true. And I would say that, for me, the Chris Rock storyline of it all is where this film falls down. It needs a bit more, doesn't it? It needs so much more. Because when, listeners, the whole point of this is, like, Adam Sandler, he doesn't have much money, but his family love him. Chris Rock's family loves him because he'll just go out of his way to do anything. He'll do anything for his family. He'll do anything. You mean Chris for Rock's family loves Adam Sandler? Yes, Chris, Chris Rock's, Rock's family. family loves Adam Sandler. Chris Rock is a high flying heart surgeon. He's got all the money in the world, but he doesn't have friends. He doesn't have a family. He has a sort of series of. You know, it's that classic like, he's rich, he just bangs loads of women and blah, blah, blah. Yeah. But over the course of the film, and I say over the course of the film, because I think I counted, over the course of three scenes that take up maybe three minutes of screen time, he goes from, he has his life like that, he has one scene where he's like, oh, maybe Adam Sandler, like, oh, I love my life. He has another scene that's like, oh, maybe Adam Sandler has a better life. And then a third one that happens on the wedding day slash just after where he's like, I am now you mean, Mr. You mean during family. During the credits. During the credit. Well, <laughs> I, I guess it depends if you count the tipping point as being when he when he's hoisted up well, on the, the chairs. Yeah. Or Good scene. Good scene. Good scene. Got a laugh. Good scene. Got a laugh. <laughs> Good idea for a scene, just having people up there on the chairs <laughs> having a conversation. Having a conversation about And then yeah, for them to keep getting dropped down and Sandler to go, no, no, just give us like 30 more seconds. Well, I've had a conversation. It's a private conversation. It's so good. 
but yeah that that was my main problem it's like i like that storyline it's a storyline i feel like i've seen before but i liked that they were doing it but they just fucked it yeah i know what you mean they dropped the ball and they lifted the chair i'll get into reasons why i think something like that might have happened in my lvp Mm. um but um it just yeah it does seem like there's just there needed to be a bit of just some tightening on this and maybe a bit some tightening and some depth yeah uh, because i i I feel the same with there's the scene where sandler cries to his daughter on her wedding day yeah and to be honest i felt like they'd only had about two scenes together pre the wedding and it just didn't hit me in the way that I think the film wants it to hit me. Mm, mm, mm. Having said that... You cried. Yeah. <laughs> 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 Having said that, yes, I cried. I had a half cry. I did like that it led on to the scene with them taking the wedding photos afterwards and her and Sandler couldn't stop crying. Yeah, that I was... thought that was actually really sweet. I guess, um, I guess for me, the cry, it was like... Because like I said before, or like both of us said before, this film is nothing but ramping tension. Like, yeah, subtle ramping tension, but it, or like, not so subtle all the time. But it's not as overt as something like Uncut Gems or Good No, time it doesn't or... have, in the same way it's ramping tension, it doesn't have the tension relief, essentially. N- no, but I would say that that scene is the closest they have to the tension relief. Because it's Sandler yeah. finally kind of breaking character within the film and being like, I fucked this all up. I just wanted to be like the most, I just wanted to provide, I just wanted to prove that I could provide. And it's him being like, I fucked this. I'm sorry. I went too far down this road and now your day is fucked. And of course it's all been building to that. And yet it still feels a little out of the blue. Yeah. Yeah. It doesn't Um, quite work. That's why I I gave it a half cry. at, At the end, like as much as I like a lot of the extra stuff in this, the film kind of gets weighed down in it. Mm. Like, um, we're gonna have to talk about Uncle Seymour, who, yeah, who is an interesting character. He's got a lot of laughs for me. <laughs> um, Uncle Seymour is the great uncle uh, of the of Adam Sandler's character. Uh, he's played by actor Jim Barone. Yeah, uh, this is Jim Barone's only performance. Whatever, uh, ever. Ah. Uh. Uh, Jim Barone um, uh, lost both his legs to diabetes in 2012. Oh. Um, so he is he is real... Uh, he's, it, it, there's no special effects going on so here. So when they keep making the jokes about him losing his legs to diabetes, they're making those to a real guy who lost his legs from diabetes. Well, what jokes do they make about him losing his legs to diabetes? I guess there's one bit. Uh, mm, I guess it's the it's the strippers, isn't it? They go like, "Oh, we thought this was World War Two. You lost that from sugar." That yeah. kind of thing. I don't like again. That's just part of the character, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, I guess. Like um, he but yes, he did lose his legs to diabetes. Um, and he um, he was um, he was cast. Essentially, um, they put out a casting call for an actor. Who had no legs? And right. The nurse, the nurses who um, worked with Jim Barone, basically said it should be this guy. He's the funniest guy in the hospital. Right. Um, I see. So uh, he should be the natural choice. 
Unfortunately, he passed away a few months after this film came out. No. Yeah. No. Um, At least he's on screen. He's also only 57 years old in the film. He's 57? Yeah, he's only a few years older than Adam Sandler in this movie. What, like, the actor is 57? The actor is 57. No. The character is supposed to be, like, 86? Something like that? Jim Barone's great in this film. He's very good. (laughs) He's very funny. He's just playing a dirty old man. Yeah, dirty old... Dirty old, um... War vet. Yes. Perfect. (laughs) Except he's not really a war vet. He's not really a war vet. Why did they have the costume again? He did, he was in the war, right? But he got dismissed, right? Okay. <laughs> um, so he had the, but they, but Steve Buscemi hadn't packed him enough clothes. The only thing that he had left was um was his, his wolf outfit, war, his his soldier's uniform, soldier's uniform. That's the day. That's the word. His, his war costume. His war costume. You know, <laughs> um, fancy dress for the fancy war. <laughs> Which leads everyone in the town to believe he is a war hero. I love it. It, it leads to one of my favourite jokes. In the, it, it's not the biggest laugh, but it's one of my faves. Which is? When they're at the, when they're at, when they're at the baseball game. And um, like they've just <laughs> had him... I it It's a good joke. I hope you do. But they've just they've had him out and they've been like, oh, would you please throw the first pitch? And he does it and it's weedy or whatever. Good, good. And man. then it's that's fine. And then he's out in the stands. And then at a certain point, a kid I gets know exactly <laughs> what. <you're... laughs> at a certain point, a kid gets really badly injured, and a guy runs up to him, and then looks at, like turns around for a second, goes wait a sec, like as the kid is writhing on the floor, runs over to the uncle to Uncle Seymour and goes like, "Thank you for your service." <laughs> And like salutes and asks for a handshake while this kid's just writhing on the floor. And I loved it. I thought that was incredible. Incredible, incredible, incredible. Good, good job. I joke. liked that. I also like the bit where they just throw him into the um is it like a Oh ball into the ball pit. pit. <laughs> <laughs> I like that everyone just sort of like gets really gets on really well with Uncle Seymour yeah, at the strip club. <laughs> I also, I mean, I probably shouldn't laugh as much, but the way Adam Sandler carries him through a lot of this movie makes me laugh. They couldn't get the wheelchair to work. Again, it's these little things. There's so many, every every character has a bit in this. Has a thing. And everyone is very good at it. There are too much of them, because it ends up distracting too much from the film. Yeah. Like, I even think, like, um... Like, the the daughter's friends all have their little bits. The worst bit is actually probably Sandler's nephew, fucking Jared Sandler. I would, as the, yeah. Yeah, as the creepy guy next door. As the creepy guy who gets a bang for... Yeah, I, we didn't need... That character didn't need a happy ending. Didn't, didn't um, need what? Like, didn't didn't really have a... There was nothing. He was just... Uh, what? He was, he was the daughter's ex. ex. Kind of, like... Not even like a. It doesn't seem like he was a real boyfriend. It seems like he was more of um, like like a like, like a ten year old boyfriend. Yeah, like the boy next door. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Probably like the only boy she really like knew. Yeah, big time. <laughs> and he's obsessed with her. But I do like um, I do like the daughter's friend. I like um, the maid of honor. I think she's quite fun. I um, I like the stuff with her where it's like. The the daughter. What's her name? 
The daughter? Yeah. The actress or the character? The character. The character is... Sarah? Sarah. Sarah, Sarah. yeah. So, yeah, Sarah's got her best friend from home. Um, Robin? Yeah, I'm yes. going to say Robin. But then she also has her friends from, I'm going to say college, right? Yeah, dental school. Dental school. Yes, of course. She's, a de- she's going to be a dentist and Tyler is going to be a doctor. And that's why they have different set pieces. <laughs> what? They, she makes a tooth set piece for her and a medicine one for Tyler. That's true. <laughs> yeah, and her her dentist friends are obviously like more worldly. Yeah. And the friend, her best friend, her maid of honor is like never left wherever they are. <laughs> like, yeah. and I just I Again, love that. It's it's good. It's good character stuff. It's good character Again, stuff. Everyone in this has good character stuff. Yeah. Like the Robin's character is very fun. The way like she's. Everybody keeps going on about how Sarah is very... She likes things to be understated but elegant. Yeah. And Robin is, like, the exact opposite <laughs> of that. Like, she wants to do, like, a big dance number for everyone to enter into. That dance number that they do around the bucket with <laughs> all the leaks coming in. Fantastic. Good stuff. The, and and yeah. the way it builds to the fire is yeah, is actually really good as well. The more I talk about this movie, the more I'm like... Maybe this is a great film. <laughs> it's kind of like that's. It. I think it is. It it, it it doesn't have so much power when you're watching it because it is too it, long. It starts to meander. It does yeah. meander, and that's that. I think is its greatest sin. Yeah, I, big time. There's so much going on in this movie. I do feel like through like rewatches, I probably could move the, like bump this up to like, like uh, a sixty. Um, maybe, maybe even an eighty. Absolutely I think, not I, an eighty. I, I could see me just becoming so attached to like the character work. Yeah, it's, 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 it sort of reminds me of. Um, we talked about that. I watched Ishtar earlier this year on the mm. show a while back, and there's stuff I absolutely love in Ishtar, and then there's stuff that I think doesn't work as well. Mm. The week off is kind of like that. There's like stuff I really love, mm. really, really love. And it's just a shame that it doesn't all come together. But the fact that there's stuff that I love in it is so different from so like there's so few of these films we've talked about where there's things that I could be passionate and love about any of them. Yeah, that's true. It doesn't completely work, but when it does work, it's really good. Yeah, it's true. It's just there's periods of twenty minutes in between my stuff doesn't. Yeah, like I forgot. I was just laughing because I saw a note that was just like. So much bad shit has been happening in the background as I slowly dissociate. Seymour died. Bashemi talked about fucking a vacuum cleaner. They filled the mayor's office with bats. Chris Rock realized he didn't know his kids. Like I think that's the point. Yeah, the midpoint. Yeah, like, that, like that scene where they go to like the dinner. Yeah, is it's dry and it's supposed to like have the character stuff, but it doesn't work so well no. because again, yeah, like. I like Rock in this, but I don't think he's very funny. No, I think he's almost taking over like the usual Sandler role of yeah. like I'm cooler the, than everyone. Too cool, yeah, yeah, too cool for this. But he has more heart than the usual Sandler role in that yeah, sort of sense. True. He just still because not because because not everybody likes him. No, um, no, true. And he sort of has to sort of reconcile with that, which is interesting. It is interesting. I do think the bit where he gets his his hands burnt, and, yeah. and Rachel Dratch says, "Are these the insured hands?" 
<laughs> He's like, yes, yes, my hands. My hands. And then gets covered in honey, then goes to sleep and wakes up and they're all stuck to the sheets. Then there's no water apart from boiling water. They can't have the water running for more than 30 seconds at a time. (laughs) It's good. It's good stuff. (laughs) Really weird. It's really weird. I think, yeah, one of my notes that, like, the bit where he gets his hands burnt, I just wrote, I don't know why, but I am just going with this one. Just go with it. (laughs) Um... I'm just looking at uh, some of my notes. I don't know what... I don't remember what the setup for this line was, but someone says it has a very accurate aftertaste, and I apparently found that funny. Um, oh, I'm, uh, that, that sound... I'm making an educated guess. That's from the Bachelorette Party. I do think it is from the Bachelorette Party. Yes, it is. I think it's Robin. Oh, it's... I think it's someone drinking a penis-shaped drink and someone saying it has a very accurate right, aftertaste. Right, yes, 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 yes. That made me laugh. Good. Um, Good stuff. And then, yeah, but then I write around 90 minutes in and I'm ready to wrap up now. Yeah. But then I wrote, bat catching is fun. <laughs> and the bats flying into the mayor's office while he's having sex no, also fun. made me laugh. I like the bit on the news after when he's saying, like, oh, this was a terrible thing that I just heard about just now. <laughs> I should like that, like all the sort of justification. They're just like, oh, you know, this ha- happens. Bats. Yeah. Because <laughs> yeah, the uh, the idea is we. I don't think we've explained it. Is um, because I don't think anyone's seen this movie. No, no one's seen it. Uh, no one's ever going to watch um, it. Although they should. Think, they should. They should. They should. The idea is that they've been given a chance to have the wedding at City Hall. Because Seymour is a World War Two veteran that they that they're going to honor. Oh, and, <laughs> and so, the and the mayor is in trouble. Yes, the, the mayor, mayor is, is in political trouble. trouble and is facing like impeachment. So he's like, I'm going to use the war vet to get some. <laughs> There's a positive. lot of lot of business going on there that doesn't that again makes this film busier than it needs yeah. to be. <laughs> That's true. Um, but I think it's still um, funny. It is funny. It's very funny. <laughs> When he goes, when they get the call from the mayor, it is <laughs> just Chris Rock just comes along, yeah. and the way they just talk themselves into having the wedding at City Hall is great. It's and then time. as soon as um, Seymour dies, Seymour dies yeah. um, and it comes out that he lost his legs to diabetes, the wedding at City Hall is off. But Sandler doesn't have the guts to tell anyone. <laughs> So Steve Buscemi <laughs> comes up with the idea that they need to fill the hall with bats. <laughs> it's good. <laughs> this is good. It's actually a good scene when he comes up with that because the way that like um, Rachel Dratch comes up and she's like, "I'll do this with you. I'll catch bats with you." <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> They're like, "We're going to need a lot of people to catch bats. They're not easy to do." I like the bit where they've put the bats in it and then Sandler's like, let's go. I think it's Sandler's like, let's go. And Steve Buscemi's hanging out over the chimney and he's like, no, you've got to trap them in so that they know they can't get out. Yeah, bats not like... Bat- a, that's This This is the best Buscemi stuff in the movie, is the bat stuff. The bat stuff. You know who would have fit in well in this movie? Nick Swartzen. Norm MacDonald. Norm MacDonald, of course! Norm MacDonald would have been good at this. He could have been the magician. He could he could have been the Bashemi part. Mm-mm. Him talking about bats. Yeah, oh yeah, true. you gotta catch bats. Oh, you can't let bats out. <laughs> I wake up earlier than the rooster. <laughs> Best joke I've ever. Had. <laughs> it's pretty good. Uh, I mean, oh, oh, 
a family get together is sort of like a perfect excuse for a comedy. Like it's clashing personalities. It's 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 you know we it's something that we can all kind of relate to. Mm. I think there's too many personalities. Like I've said this already, but the Chris Rock side of the family is so huge, and the Anne San side of the family is so huge, and there's so many characters that we have sort of have to get to know. Mm. And like by the point we're getting like Chris Rock's ex mother in law involved, <laughs> yeah, and Chris Rock's daughter involved, and we're yeah. like, well, these guys have come along very late now. Yeah, it's true, and... but I think it. I think it does all feel good. real. It does do feel real. Stuff. It feels real. But it's but busy. It's very busy. Maybe and that's real. Like, like, but who could, like, there's got to be something, I think, that needs to be sacrificed to make this work better. Mm. I really like the moment when Sandler's son comes up to him in the, uh, at the, when they're trying on tuxes. Oh. And he's crying. It's so good. It is good. I didn't laugh, but again, I was just like, this I didn't is a laugh. Really it's nice not, but moment. it's like a nice really moment. Nice moment. Sandler plays it well. I also like that they all go to the baseball match of this kid, and like some of them are wearing like their half like done tuxes. Yeah, so good. Yeah, for context, listeners, they're trying on tuxes for the wedding. Sandler's kid comes up, and he's just like semi crying, and Sandler just is like, "Hey, what's up, buddy? Do you need to go to the bathroom? Are you okay? Like, what's going like, on? Is it too tight? Is, is it, it too tight?" Um, and then he's like. Oh shit! Your baseball game. <laughs> they all just run they all out. Run of run See, I love it. It just actually, yeah. <laughs> I think I'm with you. That the more I'm talking about this, the more I'm like, mm. I laughed at you when you said eighty earlier, but it could have. It, mm. If you if you edited it, if you edited, you edited fifteen to twenty minutes out of it. But now that I'm talking about it, like I find it harder to think about the stuff I didn't like, which is something that I can do all with all these other movies. Mm. I can talk about the stuff I didn't like, but I'm so happy to talk about the stuff that I loved in this. Yeah, true. That it does make me so much happier to talk about it. Another scene I really like is when Sandler picks Rock up and is trying to make him comfortable in the car. Oh and it's right! The scene I, where he's sorry. like, "Oh, you know, you know, you can, um, you can recline fully back," and you've suddenly got these shots of Rock of just fully completely reclined. reclined, and him being like, "Oh, it'd be nice if we could have the AC on." And for some reason, Sala can't turn it yeah. on. Yeah, <laughs> he's just like, "Oh, it's on! I'm pressing it's the on. button now." Uh, and he presses it, and then he unpresses it. <laughs> it's just, it's very weird, but it's again, very nice character stuff. It's very. Good. Do you know what I would describe this as? I think it's a successful failure. Oh, big time. Big time. It's a big That's... swing and a miss. But it it's but nice. The, it, it's multiple swings and <laughs> multiple hits and multiple misses. Yeah. And it doesn't work out that it's a winning film. It's not a winning team, but it's a team you still want to root for. Yeah. It's an underdog of a it's movie. It's an underdog film. Like the film Underdog. Starring Jason Lee. Starring Jason Lee. Um... Yeah, I mean, like, there is really something in this idea of a of a man who is like he just keeps. Again, it's it it is uncut gems. It's that character who keeps making promises that he just can't keep, but just keeps offering to do things or making the wrong decision, like offering everyone the whole thing. Like his house slowly balloons by him offering room and board to increasingly distant family members yeah and slotting them in it's just it's great the, <laughs> the bit stuff where... we'll see more getting stuff 
on, hit on head on the head with stuff. I did like that. Obviously, it's yeah. Of course, you. It was did. my first you know laugh. What? Even even me, who doesn't usually like that stuff, I like that stuff. <laughs> It felt, it felt very, it felt more realistic in it this, doesn't it? Yeah, my first laugh and a half, point five laugh. Sandler catches a cable and drops a speaker onto his uncle's head. One laugh, me laughing about laughing at physical violence again. <laughs> Meta laugh. <laughs> Meta laugh. Not so good. I didn't really like um, Rock freaking out that he was having like a sex dream about. No, that oh that's yeah, that bit was that's, weird. That's a, that's a weak bit. That's a, but then he gets burnt his hand. He burns his hands, and that's when I like it again. Yeah, it's true. But that yeah, or is that, that no? Is that even the same? No, bit? it's not Maybe the not. same bit. No, but that's that. it as well. Like this is a hard film to talk about because a lot of it does just run in together. Yeah, um, that is the most overtly like Sandlery thing that happens in this. I would say, or that and, feels like, like classic. Shemi kissing Robin and yeah. yeah. But like, yeah, Just, the sort of grossed out y stuff. Yeah. But for the most part, this one's this one's a charmer. It is. It's a, it's a straight it's I've been saying for a while, like, this is the one I've been most looking forward to watching. Mm. I tell you what, like, it's one I'd go back to. I'm thinking I might at some point. I'd of the films we've watched recently, I would much rather rewatch this in a lot. Like, this and Grown Ups 2 are probably, like, the biggest surprises. I was going to say, what do you think, out out of the last however many we've watched, like, what what's the last film before this that you would rewatch? I mean, obviously not Paul Blatt 2. No, and I'm not going to count Paul Blatt 2, because I will watch that again. But that's not out of choice. So, like... I wouldn't rewatch Sandy Wexler. I wouldn't rewatch no, the Do Over, no. the Ridiculous Six, no. Pixels, no. Joe Dirt Two. No, <laughs> I wouldn't rewatch Paul Blart Mock Up Two. I will, but it's out of the equation. I wouldn't rewatch Blended. No, Grown Ups Two. Yeah, I could rewatch Summertime. Yeah, I, w- <laughs> I could rewatch it. It's not. It's not one that I'm like running to rewatch. And like, um, but it is dumb for it's one that I feel like I could fall asleep to, you know. I can put oh, it yeah. on in the evening and fall asleep. It's meditative. To it. Yeah, and then and yeah, I would rewatch that's my boy. Yeah, I think so as well. Um, not here comes the Boom. no or Jack and Jill. I can't think of many others actually that I would rewatch. God, just scrolling back, we've there's a lot. That's <laughs> a lot. <laughs> It's been a long podcast. It's funny. It's so funny. Like, it takes Samla all this time to make a movie like this. Yeah. He should have been doing this, like, a lot earlier. He's so delightful in it. This is the type of, like, low-budget thing he needs to be in instead of Rain Over Me. Mmm. Yep, yep, yep. And, you know, again, like, it feels, it feels like it has relations to punch drunk love and mm. to uncut gems mm. like his best work yeah it's just not quite there but it's, it's not quite there it's but it's on its way it's it's so good in its own weird little way it's like they tried you know when the when the when the woman painted over the uh the jesus Oh, oh! You mean when Mr. Bean painted over Whistler's? Yeah, mother. when Mr. Bean painted over Whistler's mother. That, but in real life and with Christ, it's like that. Josh, Josh, yeah, truly happily Bean. Two films, I'll do it. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, perfect. Kind of into that. <laughs> what, just truly happily, just 
two we'll films do, done. I think we'll do two films and like the Christmas special. Yeah, perfect. All right, <laughs> sounds good. <laughs> Is that our next miniseries? Yeah, I think so. Truly happily being. You know who I feel like we could get on? I feel like we could get Peter McNichol on. Who? Peter McNichol. Oh yeah, the guy <laughs> yeah, 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 the American guy, <laughs> who is actually great in that movie. What else is he from? He's from Ally McBeal and Ghostbusters Two. He's great in Ghostbusters Two. You've seen Ghostbusters Two? No, the, I don't think I have. He's like he's he's really he's he plays like a a European character, and he's got this wild accent, and he, he's just very over the top. He's very fun. Oh, I see. <laughs> it's very silly perfect sort of like 80s movie character perfect yeah i feel like i only really know him from the bean movie <laughs> the bit where he sees the painting in the yeah. bean movie <laughs> oh god <laughs> <laughs> you know he's like okay let me see it again and he just screams again do you know what else i'll say about bean the ultimate disaster movie good but you know what else, what else? short as fuck Sure as fuck. We should. I'm actually really into truly happily being. <laughs> I think it fits right in. Does it mean we have to do like truly happily English and do truly happily Johnny English? We're not doing truly happily Atkinson. <laughs> I don't Maybe want not. that. I just want. Okay. I just want being. Feel like Johnny English fits in there. Hmm. Mm, yeah, oh, we have to do the Mr. Bean experience from the Millennium Dome. Oh no, that's not that. That's Blackadder. Fuck. No, that's Blackadder. <laughs> Fuck. It wasn't an experience either. It was just a film. Just a short film. <laughs> oh, I forgot about that. Okay. Bean. <laughs> yeah, we could bean. We could bean it up. <laughs> it is a weird franchise. Yeah. Well, Mr. Bean's Holiday is very strange. I haven't seen that one. I've only seen the first. You know, one. You know who's in it? Um, Adam Sandler. Willem Dafoe. Willem Dafoe? What? <laughs> it's Willem Dafoe and Mr. Bean's Holiday. Willem Dafoe is like the villain. Oh my god, okay, right. Yeah, no, definitely. You heard it at first. Truly Happily Bean. Two episodes. Three, we'll do the Christmas special. Alright, fine. <laughs> wow, what a cast. We could take a break and then get it like in time that we could drop. Um, <laughs> we could drop the Mr. Bean Christmas special episode on Christmas Day. Oh, that'd be nice. I hate it, <laughs> but I didn't hate this film. There are some notes that I've made through this that I'm now looking at, and I'm like, after we've talked about, it, I'm like, nah, I don't stand by this anymore. <laughs> well, give me an example. Um, because I'd like to talk about it more. Yeah, but I don't know. I don't, like, I feel like we've addressed everything. Like, for instance, at the beginning, I went, "This film is such a nothing." The whole no legs thing. What is going on? But that, that yeah, comes clean. Like, that's kind of its charm. It comes clean. Like it works yeah. out in the end. At one point, I've written Steve Buscemi is the greatest. But as we've talked about, there's <laughs> newfound the appreciation for everyone around Steve Buscemi. <laughs> oh, I didn't talk about one of my big laughs actually. Oh, what's one of your big laughs? At the. <laughs> It's really fucking dumb. At the end of the film, everything's been set on like the the wedding venue has been set on fire. The hotel's set on fire. They all go back to Adam Sandler's house. And um, reminded me of everyone going to the party at Adam Sandler's house in Grown Ups. Grown Ups too. It's a perfect companion piece. I what actually a segue. I did think about Grown Ups a lot during this, being like, this is kind of like the Adam Sandler Grown Ups film. You know, like. 
this is him being a proper grown-up, whereas grown-ups 2 is him being a child who is grown-up. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, I guess so. I don't see if I don't know if I see that that much. I guess he is still sort of childish because he's very people pleasing and yeah. You know? I, I just know. I feel I I see him. I don't see him childish. I see him very much as just like an adult. Yeah, but I mean, <laughs> like, I mean he's childish. just he's just a, he 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 like he's a grown up who sort of accepted that he's a grown up. I I don't think he has because I think. The whole thing about this is he his whole character is marked by one thing and that is that he doesn't see or he doesn't want to see the link between cause and effect. That I don't is his think whole that's way what through. He's, I think his whole way through is that he is just he is a man who wants to be shown as successful. Which again it feels feeds back into my uh uncut gems sort of comparison. Yeah. He's a uh, He's a man who, who wants you know he's got a lot of people that he wants to impress. Um, yeah, I think I think I think we're both and, arguing the same thing, but on slightly different sides of a coin. Okay, like a fifty pence piece. Like fifty pence piece. Like a fifty pig. You know, because you're talking about success, and I think I think success is right, but I think more important to him is like hospitable hosp- hospitality. <sighs> Hospitableness. Hospitableness. Do you know what I mean? It's hosp- It's yeah. it's him being accommodating and him being like, "Yes, come stay with me. Come, I will sort this for you. I can get anything done." Like it's not success. It's like support, and like being a yeah. provider. But he, you know? he he he's he's someone who's not willing to admit when he's wrong. No, or when um, he can't or, cope. Yeah, but I I I think that's quite a grown up sensibility. When you're a kid, you run to your parents. When you're a grown-up, you face these things alone. Yeah, that's true, but I think... I suppose I've been thinking a lot about my thought processes recently, and I would say that, you know, like, he doesn't... He doesn't ha- He has childlike boundaries where he thinks he can do anything. Do you know what I mean? It's not him facing things alone because he keeps making his own problems. Do you know what I mean? It's, yeah. And then and then not facing them, waiting until they blow up, rather than doing yes. what's a possible well-adjusted adult thing of being like, oh, you can't stay here, but I can sort something else out. Do you know what I mean? Again, I feel like I've been in that situation as an adult. <laughs> yes. I think we're all figuring things out. Yeah, it's true. I'm not going to say I haven't. <laughs> I'm not going to say I haven't been more accommodating than I should have been, etc. Do you know what I mean? Like, for my own well-being. I hear it's you. Um, But yeah, big laugh around that bit. They all go back to his and they have the, and they have the first dance and then they do, and then they do the father-daughter dance and they wheel out a little TV. Oh, no. (laughs) I really liked it. No, one of my notes is there's um, <laughs> the last thing this movie needed was Sandler and Drag. <laughs> no, I loved it, especially as it has the setup joke earlier. The setup joke is good. Where no, Sandler has the setup yeah. joke needed to be closer to the payoff. Yeah, that's true. But I also I also like that it wasn't because it made me be like, oh yeah, no, I remember that where Sandler's tried ta- like. Sandler's tried doing up Chris Rock's room in the with the chandelier and everything in the motel, 
and he's also put some art in there that is of his grandma who is just a picture of it's just a picture of Adam Sandler with like a wig <laughs> painted and then she gets wheeled out and she recorded a little video for Sandler's daughter when she was a kid when she was like yeah. before she was born I think she died before she was born or like really young and it's just it's just Sandler doing like a stupid old woman voice like from oh, yeah it's it's Eleanor it's him, like and singing, but in a really horrible way. <laughs> I was like, oh, some is a little whitey-ish in this movie, actually. Do you think? Or just I mean, in the way that he does stuff for everybody, no matter what the cost. No what the co- oh, maybe this is the <laughs> fuck. This is so the whitey, whitey origin. <laughs> so many whitey origin stories. This is it. Because like I could imagine whitey being like, "Oh well, if you use copper piping like I told you, yeah. this would never happen." That's very good. Yeah, I did. I like that as a repeater joke. Him talking to the hotel manager, being like, "Well, if you'd have reinforced the ceilings, well, if you'd have used copper pipes, well." <laughs> just the hotel manager just going, <laughs> "Yeah, just <laughs> smiling and laughing." He's great. Very good. Oh my god, what a film. What a <laughs> film. I already want to bump up my letters box score to a three. I think, yeah, now that I'm looking. Because mine was originally a three, and then I mine was took originally it down. A three. Mine was a three, and I was like, oh, that last act, though, it was, it was like, it didn't really land for me. But, like, mm. in hindsight, this film. It's the best film ever made. <laughs> it's not that. One of the best Happy Madison movies. Yeah, it's definitely. I'd say there's a like even if it's not like like rating wise, it just like in in just ambition. I I have so much love for ambition, mm. and this has got it. Yeah, there's like mm. Sandler's a writer on this as well. Oh, is it? Yeah, maybe there's a holy five for me. I was going to say there's a holy trinity, but that's not true. So far, there are good. There are good ones. Yeah, but I mean, there's like, there's like, well, we'll get to it in our final episode of the season. But I think there's five that are like genuine good so far out of forty three. Yeah, I think I'm around the same. Coming off the top of my head, I'm not looking at a list. Um, I am (laughs) obviously looking at lists. It's the only way I can remember anything. I can. I can think of at least, yeah, like off straight off the top of my head, I can think of at least four, in, and not including this one that mm. I really like. So, what a weird podcast this is. Draken, <laughs> I'm a bit. Oof, you talked out about this. I don't know. I mean, like, there's nothing more I can say other than just, like, I'm just like, are there any other. Lo- I liked um, when. Uh, I can't remember the context of the joke, but. Um, they're playing Parcheesi, and um, oh yeah, I think I think the grandma refers to it as a game made by Native Americans, the Parcheesi tribe. Yes, and Sandler just goes, "Oh, that's not true." Yeah, <laughs> hey, the Parcheesi tribe just like it does sound like something like a relative would just rock yeah, up yeah. with. Um, I got anything? Oh, I liked. I didn't. I know we talked about it a bit the the arguments that Sandler and Rachel Dratch have. Yeah. Like, I didn't really laugh at them, but what I did laugh at is when his son comes up to him and is like, why do you, 
why do you want mummy to die? And he's like, I'm not saying I want her to die. I'm just saying it would be best for all of us if she died before, if, if she died I, I before me. I very much loved that sort, of, that sort of weird reasoning. Yeah, it's like, it would be terrible was, for everyone. You know what else I really liked was that, like, Sana was taking that guy he was showing around, like, buildings to, and he's got Uncle Seymour in the backseat of his car, and they've got to stop off at the um, yeah. toilet the bit where the guy goes to use the toilet and he checks down to see if there's anyone in there. And he's like... There isn't. Sounds like, oh, there's someone in there. He's like, I just looked and didn't see anyone. He pushes the door and he goes, ah! Yeah, in that scene, <laughs> just before, I like the bit where he's saying, like, I need to go to the bathroom. He's like, do you have... Okay, we can be somewhere in three minutes. And he's like, I can give you two. <laughs> he's good. good. He is good. good. He was the funniest guy. What a what a what a joy! What a joy, Tom. Um, actually, yeah, I don't, I don't know. If there's I mean, much else. I don't know. We kind of, unless you're getting round to it, didn't really talk about Rachel Dratch that much. I'm not getting around to. It. I think Rachel Dratch is really nice, and we said that she was lovely in this. Yeah, film, she's really she's, good, but I mean, we didn't like, really talk about specifics of like. I mean, she doesn't have so much to do. Like she is like her biggest stuff is like arguing with Sandler. I, think, I mean, she's a very nice presence in the movie. I think that's true. I think her biggest thing is, like, just being incredibly sort of overbearing and and, mm. and oblivious. Her phone calls with Chris Rock Her phone are calls. Get, like, that kind of, like, <laughs> just crossing the line at every point. Or They're just not Sam taking Manella hints. saying, can kill you now. Yeah! But <laughs> <laughs> just not taking hints and just being... Yeah... Just neuroses. I mean, yeah. like we said before, most... <laughs> all that like just Sandler just being like, ah, he's a doctor. You always yeah. Again, like <laughs> it's all it all feels so like fucking. It all feels so Jewish, like and it, it just and it reminds right. me something. Even though you know we've talked about it before, my family like they aren't practicing, but they yeah. when they have conversations in this film where they're all talking over each other and they are all just like. St- like what you were saying about the grandma, just like stating the obvious about like, oh, they're ki- they're in love, they want to be alone. I was just like, Jesus Christ! It's like Boxing Day at my North yeah. London family's house. It-, it works. It works really well in that sort of aspect. It's really good. Good <laughs> masterpiece. What a, like- <laughs> <laughs> a swerve! Um, I'm just checking. Uh, what uh, awards? I have a feeling it's going to be none. I would say none. This is the type of film that should have been playing festivals. Yeah, I just, I think it's one. I think it's one or two edits off that. But I think it, you you would have learned that playing. Festivals. Yeah, that's very true. That's very true. They'd have been like it's flabby in this part, but and maybe we could have ended up with something great, well, like masterpiece. Again, I'm gonna I'm gonna get to. Uh... I think, I think, yeah, that 27% on Rotten Tomatoes is so fucking low. It's too low. Like, like people need to give this respect. <laughs> I think I, um, I think as well, like, the Sandler Pit, the, our, 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 our other Sandler podcast, yeah. they didn't like this movie. Didn't? No. Well, kids, that's why you come to us. <laughs> Where we have unhinged opinions. There are no awards for this one, I'm afraid. No, of course not. Well, it's a shame. It's a shame. We'll give them awards when we do our awards special. Yeah, of course. Um, 
But we will we'll give it some praise now with MVP and LVP. Oh yeah. Do you have an MVP for this motion picture? I do, but as as we've been talking about it, it's kind of wider now. It's kind of what I was saying before. So at first, my MVP was um, June Gable. June Gable, she's the grandma, right? Is she the grandma or is she the aunt? I'm not sure. Um, I think she's the grandma. June Gable, week of. Yeah, she's the aunt. No, the aunt is Suzanne Shepherd. Who's the fucking aunt? Suzanne Shepherd. Who's Suzanne Shepherd? June no. Gable is Roberta. Suzanne Shepherd is Aunt Iris. Oh, I see. Oh, so okay. Who the fuck's Roberta? I mean, Roberta is who Roberta I'm. Roberta think- is yeah. the grandma. Is she the grandma? She's, but she's younger yeah. than Suzanne Shepherd. <laughs> well, yeah, but she's still the grandma. Okay. She's the one who's got the lines of like, um, like, oh, they want their privacy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, she's yeah. the one I meant. I thought she was yeah, the aunt. The I thought she was the aunt because she was younger. Because she's younger than the one who's called Aunt Iris. But you know, aunts can be old, right? Yeah, I get that. But anyway, um, yeah, it, it's her because, like, I just loved that character. Um, yeah, and it felt so like I was saying just she's now. Got the line. She's got the Parcheesi line. It just felt so well observed. It felt so close to home, to my home. I think she also has the line that I laughed at later on when the wedding is the wedding's in full swing and it's uh, been ruined by the fire and then as they're all leaving to try and find somewhere else she goes like they found a room without a fire <laughs> that's <a good laughs> or something line. it's just so good i think that was her line talking about just the family stuff i forgot one of the bits i really liked was um one of the family members is an optician Oh yeah, he's hooked someone up with free glasses, and now he's suddenly on the hook to hook everyone up with free glasses, yeah, so as well as um, not free, but like uh, discounted, base- discounted, and as well as like Chris Rock's family seem to be involved in this as well. Yeah, and, just and it getting... just every now and then it just cuts to his face, looking increasingly worried. Yeah, <laughs> as the I can't remember who it is, but someone walks out with like coloured contact lenses that make it That's, look like um, a cat. Chris Rock's, um, Chris Rock's mother- mother-in-law. Yeah. Ex, ex good stuff to keep her happy um, because um, because her her clothes have been dripped upon. her jumpers have been dri- or her, yeah. her cardigans but yeah so I guess mine started out as June Gable who listeners might also know as Joey's um, agent Estelle in Friends is it really yeah it is yeah is she uh, did she pass away. Oh no, she's not passed away. No, Estelle she... Estelle passed away in the show. Estelle the character. Estelle the character passed away, but June Gable. Oh my god, Estelle. I had no idea it was the same person. Yeah, I didn't until and just now. And she used to be on uh, Laughing, mm. which is like a sort of like around the time of early Saturday Night Live was a comedy sort of sketch show. I think it's where Goldie Horn started. Oh wow! Yeah. Oh, that makes sense. Did they make a... Robin Williams was on Laughing. Hmm. Did they make some sort of Netflix thing about it recently? Or was that they something else? Done. I think it's the one we've got. Either way, Robin Williams was a regular okay. performer on it. So in the 70s before he sort of blew up. Um, so uh, it was it was essentially like, you know, one of those sort of touchstone early comedy shows. Mm. 
They did. 2019 Netflix produced a, a special tribute to the original series entitled Still Laughing, The Stars Celebrate. Is that actually out? Is that the, is that the Martin Scorsese one? Uh, I don't think so. I know he was making like a documentary about... No, this one's kind of like a variety show. I think the still the still laughing oh, thing. Oh, they did like okay. You know, it's kind of like a a revivaly, like if they yeah. brought back the generation game, but it was the about game the generation never ends. game. Yeah. Game and never ends. Um, yeah, so I guess I started out with June Gable, and I want to expand it to to the to the whole family dynamic, which I know is like the whole of the film basically, but like. I just like it. Sorry, it's just good. Sorry, just to correct myself, the Martin Scorsese one is about SCTV. Mm. But yeah, so that's where I'm at. <laughs> family. Family family in this film is very funny. Reminds me of my family. The cast is fantastic good in stuff. this film. They re- they're like, again, like, yeah, it's a whole group of character actors. Like, most of them are probably, like, the biggest thing they've done is the week of. Yeah, yeah. But, you know what, they're so good. Yeah, very um, good. What about you, Jack? For me, and it's you know, it's a rare person to give the um, MVP to. Oh my god, is it happening? It's Adam Sandler. Fuck. Ooh. I think he's so good here. He's so delight. Like this is everything he should be doing. And I think like when we've seen him lean into stuff like uncut gems, he knows this is the stuff he should be doing. Yeah, that's true. Like uh, he is, and even like. Hubie Halloween, like Hubie isn't that character that the like people love. People don't like who Hubie, um, no. and like he's moving away from the characters that we've clearly become <laughs> disgusted yeah. with. Yeah. And a character like this, and a performance like that, I love it. It's gold. It's it's. It's really strong stuff. It made me really happy to see him doing something like this. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> I don't have much more to say on it like than we've already said, but you know, it's it's an unvain performance from Adam Sandler, which is something we don't often get to see. Mm, true. Even just the fact that like Rachel Dratch is his wife in this, it makes a big difference. It just feels more real. It feels more and real. Their chemistry is good. Like, I know they're screaming at each other yeah. all the time, but, you know, it feels real. But, you know, they worked on Saturday Night Live together. Yeah. You know, they've had this history. It's... Again, this like you said, the cast here is fantastic. Sala works well off everybody. Yeah. The offensive stuff in this movie, as I said, it doesn't feel hateful. It doesn't feel... It's not a film that feels hateful to me. No. Um, and like so many of these films we've covered, it are. feels like characters. Some of them are slightly yeah. off-color characters, but yes. they're, but they're not but they're not but, hated. They feel the hate isn't justified, but the character choices feel like real choices yeah. rather than just like we don't know how to treat gay people. So yeah, we're true. Make this movie about like. True, um, true. Like the, as I said, like I do think that joke where Sandra invites the two random black guys in is funny mm. because it is. It, it's not. It's not a good thing that he's doing, and we know it's happening, and you can just see it on his face, and you, 
he's he's trying so hard to be good at this. Yeah. And the way he starts referring to them as like cousin like Julian or whatever. <laughs> like he's it's so shit. It's so good. Um uh but yeah, Sama MVP here. I think wow. he's really killing it. One of like this film need this film needs reevaluation. Mm. Critical. Critical reevaluation. I, I'm just I'm just looking at again, like not just the letterbox review I read earlier, but Variety called this film lazy and overlong mm. and Sandler back in autopilot mode. Sandler phones in what may qualify as the lowest concept comedy of his career. Which to be honest, that's kind of the point. It's kind of yeah, it's true, <laughs> but it's not a bad thing. Thankfully, it's not the same as the lowest point in his career. I mean, I think it's far off from the lowest. Yeah, point absolutely. In his career. This is this is a highlight. Yeah, come fucking come to us if you watched all of his shit. Yeah, you don't know. <sighs> Who's your LVP, Josh? My LVP. I kind of talked about it earlier. It's it's this film's treatment of Chris Rock. Yeah, it's just like when he first showed up. In fact, it's my first note of the film is just like, I always enjoy seeing Chris Rock. I think he just has like such a good energy. His delivery of almost every line in everything I've ever seen him in is he's just good. He's just good and he's likable and he's funny. But this film fucks him up. Like, they don't know what to do with him properly. They don't use him. They give him this, like we were talking about earlier, they give him this plot point or this this plot arc that's or character arc even that is like it's good like it would work if it was handled properly and it's just not it's just brushed under the rug he doesn't get time to shine he doesn't really get that many set pieces i think the biggest thing i can remember is the chandelier bit that's his that big... and the burning the hands yeah the burning the hands yeah but like that's the other thing they don't lean in enough to that kind of like fish out of water mm. like you know him like like a sort of like a it's almost like a meet the fuckers thing or meet the parents thing, isn't it? It's kind of like another good wedding movie. Another good wedding movie. <laughs> but you know, like Ben Stiller going in and like yeah, digging no, himself yeah. into more it's trouble. A, it's a, you know, there's the culture clash is actually very minor in this mm. movie. It becomes more of a character comedy. Yeah, I mean, I'm glad it doesn't go down like broad stroke culture clash, which I think it yeah. could have easily done. And it, in fact, is kind of what I thought this film was going to be like a horrific racist mess but they for the most part they don't do that and but i think where they could have got the way in like you were saying is that chris rock character and they just didn't like you know not like as a fancy boy having to live it low Mm. you know like and they just don't do it enough they don't do it properly so yeah i think it's that it's just a complete mishandling of chris rock uh, just an update. I've updated my letterbox page for it to be three stars. Oh, very nice. I might do the same <laughs> while you do your LVP. Who is your LVP, Jack? Okay, so this is um, a difficult one to say. Oh, it's not me, is it? No. My LVP is Netflix. Right. My LVP is Netflix because these past four movies we have watched... One thought has occurred to me throughout each of them. Mm. No studio would have made this. Mm. No studio would have made 
the ridiculous sex. Mm. Even though they were trying, it doesn't feel like a studio movie. It doesn't feel like something that someone would put out in cinemas. Mm. The do-over... I don't see Sony producing the do-over. I don't see them producing a David Spade starring cancer comedy. Mm. Um, and what studio on earth would touch Sandy Wexler? <laughs> and with the week of, this shouldn't have been made by a big studio. This shouldn't. Have, this should have had a small budget. This should have been an indie film. Mm. This should have like basically been entirely bankrolled by Happy Madison. And it should have been, with that, would come less freedoms than Netflix offered Mm. this film. Mm. Because this film needs to be reined in. Yeah. That, in a sense, is... I think Netflix get better at what they do with producing films. We talked about their early lineup in the the first uh, Netflix movie that we did. But... At this point, I think they're still they're still in sort of shaky ground. And it's the same like sort of thing that you know, like when Arrested Development came back and there were hour long episodes, and you were like, someone needs to rein this in. Someone needs to like the free. Uh, it doesn't work in that same way. It's not creativity is collaboration to me. Yeah, and this feels like there was no collaboration this was just like one mind being like okay this is fine we can put all we'll throw all this in the screen like you hear about the early screenings of young frankenstein and it was a disaster mm. um because they just filmed every joke possible and it wasn't until they were cutting back on them that they found the movie within that right yeah yeah this is you know this could have been young frankenstein mm. um but it just needs it needs that it needs that extra bit of supervision. It needs people looking at it and test screening it. You know, sorry to like talk about like like the Hollywood process, but it does work sometimes. Mm. It's made films that we love and cherish. And um and the week of sadly will not be like one of those films. But it's so close to it, I think. I reckon and... if Netflix pays Zack Schneider to go in and just recut it. I think it would <laughs> the work. Snyder cut of the yeah, week Snyder cut of the week off. Okay. I'd love that. I mean, he's in the Netflix family. Yeah, put it in um, chapters. Perfect. It's in chapters. Yeah, fuck, that's true. <laughs> <laughs> but give each chapter an overture. <laughs> Have, like, um, a scene where, like, Sandler goes swimming and just some woman starts singing. While he's swimming. Yeah, perfect. Wait, what else do you need? You need, like... One of my favourite moments in any film ever. So what you're talking about. We need a black and white cut of this. Oh, yeah, I can see that. (laughs) Uh, And, yeah, slow-mo and Leonard Cohen. Yeah. Yeah. That's it. The one thing I also will say is, like, this movie could have used a bit more music. Yeah. Um, The Rupert Gregson Williams score doesn't make much of an impact. No. Throwing some klezma, I think you've got a film. Uh, yeah, my yeah, it's my LVP. I think it just yeah that, that it's so close to being right. Um, and I think if it was made with a bit more constraints, it could have been. Hmm. And the same in the same way, the fact that studios wouldn't make Sandy Wexler might have been a good thing. <laughs> That's true. 
Am I glad I saw it? Who can say? Sandy Wexler? Yeah. I could say. <laughs> yeah, I think I could probably say too. <laughs> but, you know. I would have rather watched this two weeks in a row than watched Sandy Wexler. Yeah, fuck, can you imagine? That'd be nice. That'd be a nice weekend. Mm. Maybe. What a film. What a film. Josh Pappenheim. Hello. How can people find you? Oh, if people want to find me, they can find me at P-A-P-S-B-Y. That's at P-A-P-S-B-Y. That's at Papsby. It rhymes with Poison Ivy. You can find me on Twitter, Instagram, Letterboxd, and other places. How about you, Jack? Oh, okay, I can go to your letterbox and see your three-star review of the week. Yeah, I've got your update. <laughs> Uh, for me, you can find me at JFG in Digital 3D across various platforms, yep. such as uh, uh, Lemon of Troy, um, 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 Magellan, yep. <laughs> um, uh, Nostradamus fans, Good. and, uh, and uh, uh, Big Blue Boat. Big Blue Boat. Big Blue Boat. I like that one. What's its USP? Uh, its USP? Yeah. For Big Blue Boat? Yeah. It's for boat enthusiasts who are big and blue. Good. It's a, quite a unique one. <laughs> um, but um, I'm a six foot two man who's often sad. <laughs> who, um, yeah. Who, who loves a yacht. Perfect. <laughs> like in succession. It's not a boat. It's a yacht. It's a yacht. And Josh, mm. how can people talk about the show while I check to see if we've had any new reviews? Oh, nice. Yes, if they want to, if they want to follow the show, you can do on Instagram and Twitter at TrueHatMad. You can send us a cheeky little email at TrueHatMad at gmail dot com. Tell us your thoughts, your dreams, your hopes, your aspirations, anything. Um, and yeah. If you if if you listen to this somewhere that you can leave us a rating or a, or a review, then that would be wonderful. Giving us you know four stars, five stars, five stars is good, six is better, seven, eight, nine, and uh, yeah. If you and leave no us a review, <laughs> okay. Well, if you leave us a review, we'll read it out. But you haven't, so we won't. Okay. Well, thank you. Good. Do you know what? I'm just going to keep thanking. Thank you, Gerda Man, and thank you, Conroy61, for our beautiful thank reviews. Thank you. Thank you, Enquoid. And Enquoid. Yeah, that doesn't show up on... That You're looking at the US reviews. Ah, uh, I see. Well, <laughs> we'll be back next week with um, Father of the Year, which I can only expect will be just as good. Just as good as this, yeah. As, as this. They're on a roll um, now. They're on a roll. It's going to be incredible. I ha- it's um it's back to zero percent on Rotten Tomatoes. Oh, good. So, um, uh, I did watch the trailer for this, and it looks horrible. Um, oh. But uh, who knows? Who knows? We we never know. We thought Grown Ups Two was going to be awful. Yeah. <laughs> um. We did, but here we are now. Here we are. The best film ever made. <laughs> Oh my gosh. And uh, yeah, as always, our oh, horseshit. Bye, love you, bye. Bye bye.
Appalachia.